Hello, Annie. Welcome back. Here we are again. Hello, Robert. Yes, here we are again. In today's podcast, what I'd like to talk about is violence, especially violence in relationships. What I'm going to open up with is the fact that violence in any form, verbal, emotional, domestic, or physical, or sexual, or whatever, it's a breakdown of communication because it's a style of communication which really doesn't work so well. And so when people get violent, they're getting violent because they're frustrated and they can't get the message across. Either someone's not listening or someone's not talking clearly or whatever. But there's always the communication is broken down. So we, we go to violence, which is absolute frustration. When people do get angry and violent, there's only two reasons they get angry and violent. Number one is to protect themselves. And number two is because they want to attack the other person. And I'm going to look at that second one, attacking the other person. Because what I find with, um, with people when they progressively get violent, it's usually one way or the other. It's, you know, it, it, is abuse, it is abuse. And it's often male and female, but not always. Often it can be male, females are male. Although that's that we all know that happens, but it's not very well recognised. It's probably not as prevalent as, as no, the they reckon. There's about one in seven males get get violated. Get violated, but anyway, that's not mm, that's still. I mm. guess they're still being violated, aren't they? But there's a particular system, situation I've come across lately, and I've laid down and thought about it, and I've thought this man needs this woman to feel crap. He needs it. Why would he do that? He feels crap. He does feel crap. So he puts it on to her and makes her feel crap. That sort of makes him feel better. Sort of makes him feel better. It's his way of coping. For her, she accepts it. She keeps going back there all the time. So she goes back because she's needed now, in fact, they both feel crap. And she feels crap about herself. Probably he does too. But if he's being violent, and he's being verbally violent, in this situation, there's no sexual violence and there's no physical violence. It's, it's verbal and emotional. Is it around the modelling as a child too? Because certainly that would have a big impact in relation to seeing what happened at home, that it's just a natural... Well, it's, no, it's probably not natural. It's a progression into the next... into the relationship, the intimate relationship that that person has. Yeah. And I'm thinking of, a, you know, as a male, you, you've seen that violence coming from male, close male members of the family, whether it be father, grandfather, an uncle, you know, whoever. So they're... Their modelling has been this is how you deal with that it's the male anything way. that comes along yeah. or any challenge that comes along. It gets passed down by the generations, but you know, stopping this, stopping You've it. You've got to stop somewhere. It's very difficult to stop it. It really is hard because it's not just the male has to stop it, but the female has to stop looking for it. Because in this particular case I'm thinking about, this lady's in a, probably a third or fourth violent relationship. Mm. 
always goes the same way and she gets back into them again. It's interesting because I also remember years, oh, many years ago when you were doing court reports yep. for crimes compensation and you would dictate them out and I would type them out for you. And there were so many situations where a female had been violated in some way by a partner or a family member, more often than a partner, and when you do the history of that that female, then she would have come from a violent background to a violent relationship to a violent relationship. And at that stage, because we hadn't really done a lot of personal work, I could not understand how a female would go back into a, an abusively violent relationship, having been in one or having seen what it was like as a child. It was just, it just baffled me that, that these women would continually go back in to those sorts of relationships. Yeah. Again, I hear that a lot. A lot of people say, but, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't like it when you, were, when you were a child, why would you go back mm. into it now? And the point is, it's familiar. It's like with sexual abuse. It's familiar. If you've been sex abused as a child, very likely, and very, it very often happens, is there's sexual abuse families and it's generational. Mm. It just keeps going through. And because it's familiar and it's it's the way of the world. The way the way of the way of their world. Did you ever tell you about Lorenzo and his geese? Nope. This is another psychological study. It was a really good one. And um, Lorenzo, he was, he was a good guy, actually, because a lot of these psychologists used to abuse the animals. He didn't. But he um, set himself up. So he got some, some eggs to, to hatch, to, some goose eggs to hatch. And they went and hatched. And when they hatched, the first thing they saw was him. He made sure that was the first thing they saw was him. And then those geese attached themselves to him and they would follow him around and and do all that, do the whole the goose thing, but they treated him as their protector. Um, and it's like imprinting. So the younger somebody sees something, the more likely they are to take that on as being the norm. So if you're a baby and your parents are fighting, that's the norm. If, if you're, um, say, a 23-year-old person and suddenly your mother and a new partner starts fighting, that's not the norm. And you'll likely be able to stand up against that one. But way back there, that's... yeah. See, the earlier something happens to anybody, the more significant that thing is to that person. I'm just thinking, going back to the animal studies, and you see that happen so often, don't you, with animals especially? And, I mean, we are an animal to a certain extent. I know we're much more developed. But... You see humans who are, have looked at, I mean, looked after lions and, you know, the dangerous animals, but you see other animals foster different breeds of animals. I mean, I've seen dogs looking after ducks or chickens, you know, and cats looking after birds. And because you, if you're introduced, yeah, you're right, if you're introduced to something at at a very early age, you think that, yeah, that, that's a really good example. You think that's the norm. Mm. With Lorenzo, he had other students there who were doing the same thing. 
Because, and um, but and what he did is he started he started to use their um, their footwear, so they'd have gum boots on, and they'd have gum boots of different colours and different um, with different patterns of 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 on there, and and the the geese would follow the one pattern, the same pattern. Mm. And the interesting thing is he he thought he'd check it out. So he put all the geese into a big box there one day and left, left them all for all the baby geese and left them all for, for um, 24 hours, opened them up, and sure enough, they, they all went to their, they all went to the set of footwear that they were identified with. So, you know, it was really in there. And then they, they've had, they'd have a pecking order. So all Lorenzo's geese would be on the top of the pecking order compared with his students because he was the top of the pecking order compared with his students. That was fascinating stuff. Mm. But this is you know, this is where violence comes this is why violence keeps keeps getting handed down because as a young child you you're given it and you might not like it, you might hate the violence, but it's familiar and it's what you feel safe with, and it's what you understand. I can see that. Like that makes a lot of sense. But there must be situations where Someone hasn't, and especially a female, hasn't necessarily been brought up in a violent family, but still somehow has attracted violence into her life. There certainly are. There certainly are situations like that. Um, yeah, the Lorenzo one, that's, that's that explanation. But sometimes there's people who, who haven't been brought up in a violent situation, but they've somehow grown to, to loathe themselves. And okay. to and to hate who they are and to feel that that's what they deserve. And would that be also the result of some sort of trauma that they've had in their life, which hasn't been necessarily an abusive trauma, but it could be? Yes, it can be a trauma. It can be a trauma. But sometimes that trauma is difficult to recognise. Sometimes it can be while they're in the womb that there's been some sort of trauma going on. Because remember, when you're in the womb, you you share all your mother's thoughts and you share them all um, unfiltered. It's like you're like you're, you're hypnotized by what your mother's thinking, and so some people get are born fearful because their mother's been fearful the whole time of the pregnancy and things like that. But that's another. That's we go on for hours like that. That's that's good psychological talking. But what you're obviously focusing on is is the people that have been exposed to abuse in their past and and have attracted that into relationships. Yeah, it, it is. And they're very hard. Once again, they've got to really work hard to deal with this. But the first thing they do is they've got to decide it can be dealt with because for them it's familiar. <coughs> it happened to my mother, it happened to my grandmother, it happens to me, that's the way it is in my family. That's, that's their thoughts. Yeah, and the yeah. and the fathers. Well, that's the way my father treated my mother, and that's the way and, you know my my grandfather treated my grandfather, and and my father treated me like that anyway. So yeah, it didn't do me any harm. That's the way it goes, and that's what they do. So they people go back to the familiar all the time. But they still feel awful about it. <laughs> they they hate it. They hate it with a passion. A self loathing comes into it as well. I know in our relationship, if if I was violent towards you, you just wouldn't be around. You wouldn't hang around. You would just would not stay around. Sometimes I've got angry. I'll be I'll be right about that. Sometimes I've got. Sometimes you've got angry too. But you know, if you have have a look at it, 
we work it out. We work through it. We talk about it. We come back and and we we talk it out. So yeah, sometimes we can say we put up with a lot from each other because we're growing and developing, and we have done that. And things are pretty good right now, much more than they ever used to be. Have you ever noticed that that you find it really easy if someone's got a difficulty of some sort or some problem, that um, or even a violent person? If they're willing to work on themselves, we're very accepting. We think, well, that's good. I'm happy to do that. I'll, I'm, I'm even going to help you do it. But if they're not willing to work on themselves, well, we just we just wipe them. They're just gone because well, you can't do anything about it. Yet. So yeah, so it's, it's like yeah, it, yeah. There's got to be there's got to be a commitment mm. in relation to actually making a change. Mm. It is, and I know if I've been working with violent people, sometimes. Oh boy, you know, I noticed myself starting to feel more violent, becoming more testy and more bad mood, and being a grumpy old man, as you called me sometimes, quite incorrectly too, I might add. But still, <laughs> so yeah, it's a very complex issue. You go to the courts, and the courts will all, the courts look and, and say the man's violent, the woman's a victim. That's it. Boy, you know, brother, how come this woman has had four violent, uh, four violent relationships in the past? Or, or vice versa, and very, very often it's um, the woman's violent and the man's a victim. Oh, come on, come on! Women can't violate men. Men, men violate victims, and the courts are. It's a, it's a much harder case to put that a woman's violating a man. But yeah, men do get violated. Uh, they do, and I'm just thinking in that case, I would say that perhaps female violence is more emotional. Oh, yes. Always oh, is emotional. It's they manipulate mm. through yeah. emotional um, mm. threats or you know whatever. Yeah, but I'm thinking of the case. Of Although I've seen a lot of females who've absolutely belted into the males, and the males have been powerless to stop it or do anything because mm. if they physically defend themselves one bit, they're in trouble. It makes it hard. So okay, so working with these people. What have you found in relation to supporting them through their need? or it, And I don't think it's necessarily a need as such. It's more a a, um, a response to be violent. There's only, look, there's only one solution which works, and that solution has to be where the person who is violent takes responsibility for their violence, but the victim has to also take responsibility for her or his part in it because it's never a one-way street. As I said, if, if I was violent or you were violent, it would probably happen once or twice and that's it. We'd say, and if we weren't working with it, we'd say no. But, but whenever we've come close to it, we do take responsibility and we work through it and we start taking full responsibility for what we're doing. But if we didn't, that's it. And we've both got to do it. Both of us have to do it, and both people have to do it. And the problem is, the person who's been who's violated, who's been violent, um, the perpetrator, so to speak. I find there, it's easier for to get them to take the responsibility than what it is to get the victim to take the responsibility, because for the victim, it's so much harder to see. She just knows that this this person coming and violating her. Um, the man, I haven't come across a man yet 
who's um, been violent and happy. So they know it's not good. They they don't want to do it, but most of the time they feel trapped because of what we said before. It's what their parents, it's what all they've ever seen in their life. Well, it's so, just an automatic response for them. I mean, they, they go into that. They're triggered by something and, and it's just like this explosive response happens before they even think about what's going on. Because they hate themselves anyway and they hate with they hate being violent. I, I don't think the men don't like, you know, oh, there are some, but most men don't like being violent. They don't like it at all. It doesn't make them happy. So they, they're usually more open to it. But, it. but the victims, they don't see their role. And I don't blame them because they've been told all, all their life, the media tells them all life, if you're a victim, it's not your fault. Good, it's not your fault. It's actually no one's fault. In fact, it's just the way it is. Blaming anyone for being violent isn't going to work. Making violence wrong isn't going to work. Um, actually, that's a really good statement. Blaming doesn't work. So, and that that's the really important part of it because... Yes, it is wrong. I, I think it's wrong. But what's the blame going to do? It's only going to put the victim into more of a victim mode and it puts the the perpetrator into more of a... Defence. Actually, it's interesting because it probably puts them into a, a different type of victim mode too, isn't yeah. it? But, yeah, yeah it's, it's okay, it's wrong, but let, this is what happened. This is a story full stop. Now, what can we do mm, to change it? Yeah. And the only reason it's wrong is not because you're a bad person. It's wrong because it doesn't work. Oh, and, yeah, I, I'm, I'm seeing it wrong because it's about really hurting someone mm. and whether in whatever way. It's hard, isn't it? Because sometimes you think a person is wrong for doing it, but they're only wrong if they're not going to do some, something about it. That's right. If people would do anything about it, if they, if they weren't to do something about it, it can work well. But here's, here's what the victims think, and they're quite right sometimes. But if I take responsibility, he or she, the, the perpetrator, turns around and they hammer me with it. They take that as licence to say, yeah, it is, and they blame me even more for it. Mm. So you've got to be very careful. So I'm not, just, I don't, I'm not wanting people to set them up and say, okay, okay, it's me, it's me. Um, by the way, when it comes to blaming, it doesn't work to blame anyone, including yourself. Mm. Because a lot of people say, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to take responsibility, it's my fault. No, that's making you wrong. That's not going to work either. So that puts a, a whole different bent on responsibility, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Which is yeah. something we'll have to talk about in the next podcast. Podcast. Thank you for your time. Thank you. I've opened up another can of worms. Talk next time. <laughs>